You're listening to the Green Tech Podcast. In this podcast, we dive deep in the trends of horticulture with renowned experts. For more information, go to greentech.nl. Green Tech brings you to the heart of the horticulture industry. Hello, everybody. Welcome at the Green Tech Podcast. My name is Jeanette Denboer, and I will be your host this episode. We're going to talk about plastics and alternative packaging today. And we record this episode during the Green Tech exhibition in Amsterdam. And we have two guests joining us today. So welcome, Johan. Welcome, Sean. Hello. Nice to be here. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you uh, for joining this conversation. Yeah, before we start, huh? uh, it would be great if you can first of all give us a kind of snapshot of who you are and what your company is doing. Okay, well, I'll start. Uh, I'm Sean Herdsman. Uh, I work for a company called Modiform. We make uh, plant pots uh, and trays and bedding packs uh, for horticulture. Yeah. Uh, mainly out of plastic, um, uh, but we do have some alternatives. I've been working for the company for uh, the last uh, 14 years. Uh, mainly in the UK, but uh, last few years I've been taking a, a more Euro- European role as well. Ah, so you know a lot about the subjects. It's good to have you here. Huh? Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Johan? My name is uh, Johan Hanegraaf. I'm uh, the CEO of the Oulemans Packaging Group. We produce uh, flexible films for packaging, but also for horticultural uh, applications. We have uh, six uh, companies, all producing uh, plastic packaging and uh, films. Okay. Well, two experts here, so we've got a lot to talk about. Well, I want to start with like plastic once was kind of a revolutionary material, right? Yeah, still is. Still is, but but it turns into a kind of symbol of environmental pollution. Uh, and there's a demand for alternatives. So I'm wondering, how do you both look at these developments around plastics? It started really uh, when it came into the uh, uh, public uh, they uh, when David Attenborough had his, uh, his program yeah uh, uh, and they uh, showed all the plastic in in the ocean uh, that obviously didn't just magically appear it's been it's been gathering for the last uh, probably since plastic started um, and then the the attitude towards plastic uh, or the public perception towards plastics uh, has completely changed uh, so the last year and a half has been extremely interesting, challenging yeah. uh, for our business um, because we use a lot of plastic uh, and we uh, are selling to growers who are using the plastic and then the eventually the plants with the plastic, with the pots and the trays, uh, end up at the retailers and the retailers are under a lot of pressure from the consumers <laughs> to either change uh, away from plastic uh, or, or use the right plastic that is... Uh, more recycled or potentially has a better chance of being recycled. So as a plastic producer, how do you look at these developments? How's it for you? Well, at first, uh, I guess it was a bit uh, uh, scary because you think, oh, where is this going to end? But we've actually seen a lot of opportunities in this uh, by doing research about uh, what happens to the plastic, where it goes, uh, and what plastic gets recycled currently through uh, existing recycling systems, we've managed to be able to change some of our plastics so that they are uh, have a bigger, a higher chance of being recycled, uh, and we've actually gained uh, a lot of business because of it. And we've also introduced uh, a range of uh, non-plastic uh, packaging items 
uh, which we introduced about the same time as uh, David Attenborough's uh, program was 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 launched as well. So we yes, had a, a bit of luck there, uh, but it's uh, that's increasing slowly though, slowly. So it's challenging, but you also see it as a as an opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. If we can get it right, there's still uh, still opportunities out there. Yeah, and Johan, same question for you. How do you look at this? Yeah, the problem is if we have a uh, plastic problem or we have a behavior problem. Explain. Uh, I think that plastic wins from every alternatives. On carbon footprint, on food, on hygiene, on a, uh, a shelf life. But it should not end in the environment. And some of the products end in the environment. So and that's why we start a battle against plastics. But also recycled plastics that ends in the environment is also a disaster for the environment. If you throw all the glass on the street, then it's also a disaster. If you throw all the cans into the ocean, they sink to the bottom, you also have a problem. So what we are trying to do with all kinds of stories, because we believe all those stories, and I must agree, it does not have to end into the ocean, but only 5% of all the garbage is floating. And I call it Titanic politics. So we concentrate on the 5% that is floating and everything that sinks to the bottom or disappears like paper, you don't see it anymore. Is the problem bigger or is the problem smaller? To my opinion, the problem is bigger because what you can't see, you can't solve. So we concentrate now on 5% of the material that is ending into the ocean because of collection from countries, throw it in the environment, etc. So I think there should be a change in behavior with all the products because tin, glass, uh, paper, wood, everything does not have to end in the environment. But is the pollution of paper and glass, <coughs> it is, is it as big as the pollution of plastics? It's, uh, yeah, the, the glass, we have, uh, of course, the recycling, but it's not only the, uh, the single-use plastic or uh, that it uh, ends up in, in, the, in the ocean. We also have a uh, discussion on climate. And if you see that the paper bag, you have to use 43 times for the same carbon footprint as a plastic bag. If you go to a cotton one, it's two times. So we also have a, a discussion on heating up the, uh, the earth. So we have to look to the total program, to the total solutions, and don't say, okay, we, we stop with a disposable is forbidden or a balloon is uh, forbidden because there are thousands of products. And uh, what, what, what we see now and also the journalists and also politicians think when we have one product or two products and we stop with that, we solve the problem. But your clothes, your shoes, your car, everything, your computer, everything is made out of plastics. When it ends up into the environment, because it is lighter than water, so I think that's an advantage of your plastics, it's lighter than water, then you see the problem, you can get it out of the water and you can solve the problem. But if you don't see it anymore, how to solve it? So the problem is much bigger and more complicated than only single-use plastic or it ends up in the environment. And I think the journalists and the politicians are not very strong in seeing the total problem. What do you think of that, Sean? I, I, I uh, agree that the, uh, uh, the, the, there's a problem with the uh, plastics getting into the oceans, getting into the natural environment. But I also think that there's a... Uh, a big problem with uh, the recycling system as well. So, uh, although all this plastic uh, gets into the uh, the home waste recycling systems, um, is it recycled? Uh, and I think a lot of it isn't recycled. Uh, a lot of it is uh, either put into the ground 
or sent off to different countries uh, and we don't actually know what happens to it and from there potentially it goes into the ocean or still even if it gets into the ground uh, it's, a, it's still going to be a problem somebody else's problem maybe in the future yeah but why is the recycling system not that good as for other materials um because uh, because of financial uh, aspects money uh Uh, if we look at the food packaging uh, industry, they they use uh, certain materials, uh, and the food packaging industry is the biggest. So we're we're in. I like to f- focus on horticulture yeah, because we're course. in horticulture. Yeah. So um, our packaging, our plastic use is is quite small compared to to food and bottles. Mm-hmm. Um, so the recyclers focus on the material that uh, that they can collect the most of. And that's for, uh, that's in the food industry. The, the food yeah. and the bottles. So all the systems are geared up. Uh, they've invested in collecting that type of uh, plastic, uh, and we're not always using that type of plastic. So they don't even they don't look for it. They just reject it straight away. Some of it. They reject. Also, if you want to recycle, they reject it. Uh, yeah, if it, if it goes through the uh, home collection waste yeah. systems, for instance, uh, if we look at actual, actual horticultural packaging, uh, what what Modifarm does, yeah, plant pots, bedding packs, and trays. That's the, the main three. Um, if we look at uh, trays and bedding packs, traditionally we make them out of black, which is uh, not not seen by the uh, uh, the scanners in the recycling system. Uh, but we also make it out of polystyrene, which they they're really not looking for. The pots actually they're made out of polypropylene, so they're looking for polypropylene. But if we use black polypropylene pots. They, they can't see it at the moment. They can't see them, so they get they get rejected as well. So if they uh, if the horticultural materials come into the consumer waste uh, uh, industry or recycling industry, then it won't be detected. And if it's black and it, polystyrene, yeah. it won't it won't be detected. And if it's a, if it's a different color and it's polypropylene, like plant pots are, um, then it has a chance of being recycled. We, nothing's guaranteed. Um, I know in the UK, I've, I've the most experience of the UK. Yeah. In the UK, there's only uh, 10% of local authorities that will actually accept plant pots. The rest of them don't accept plant pots. Who's responsible? Where is the responsibility for this problem? Um, I think it's a. I think it's a mixed responsibility. Uh, as producers, we can take some responsibility by maybe changing the type of plastic that we use to produce our products. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a big change in horticulture because we've been doing this for the last 35, 40 years with the same types of plastics. But also the recycling industry has to, uh, we have to aim towards a circular economy. So they have to change their ways. They have to recycle uh, more plastics. Uh, and I think Johan will, will maybe tell you about the politicians. No, if oh, you yeah. first first look to a responsibility, I yeah. think uh, first we have as producers, we have a responsibility. I signed with all the companies to clean sweep uh, operation. Yeah, so what's, the, what's that? Th- that means that you take care that not one granulate will end into the environment. So first look to your own factory and take care there's nothing going into the environment. There, there it has to start. Mm-hmm. Then the products we recycle already internally with our factory over 30 years. So that is not new. We uh, make all kinds of products which we can recycle. And also black you can recycle and black can also be detected. Because if you look on a black product on a black belt, it's difficult. But if you look on the site, you can see it and you can recycle it. So that is a misunderstanding. And I fight against this misunderstanding because if you want a circular economy, all the products will end as black. So also Why? You you need black to recycle? the, the The reason is when you have a transparent film, 
Yeah. And there is a printing on it. You started to recycle. It's not transparent anymore. So it's getting more uh, colors in it. And at the end, it will end as Eventually, a black product. If you look at the products, your products that are in the market, they are all black products because you have some carbon foot, uh, carbon black, put it in. And then you are quite sure it's 90% or 95% is uh, recycled material. So and also ah. in Holland, they tried to forbid the black materials. And I said, okay, but we want a circular economy. But we, we forbid the black uh, products. So there will never be a possible. market. No, then there will be never a market. So you will never close the loop. So uh, this... Uh, so actually, you, you only need machines and detectors that can all detect that's, that's, the carbon uh, black. Technical is a technical problem. Yeah. Um, but it's a practical problem uh, that uh, is, is not solved at the moment. So black still isn't getting, re getting recycled now. So... There's also a big challenge there, but or a, a big solution there. If, if, if it can be detected yeah. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, Johan's right. Um, it does all end up too black. Yeah, it's yeah. All, yeah. So, but uh, technically, <coughs> this is pro uh, possible, but still, it does not have to end in the environment. So first, we are responsible as manufacturers, but also producing alternatives, taking care that we can recycle it, that we collect it, etc. So I think the, that's our first responsibility. Then I think the, one of the most important uh, responsibilities is for everybody in this world take care that it does not end into the environment. Because if I would say as a chairman of the Dutch Federation, okay, everybody is, who is working in, the uh, in our industry, from now on we throw all our glass on the street. Is there then something wrong with glass or is there something wrong with the behavior from our industry? I think something wrong with behavior. So we have a behavior problem, and we are responsible for that behavior problem. Of course, we are responsible for our own behavior problem. The consumer has a responsibility, and the politicians, and I've been in a lot of countries. Most of the countries they don't, do not collect the waste. If they do it, they do not recycle it. They throw it somewhere in the river or whatever. So a lot of governments are responsible for the, the waste in the ocean. And that is something I do not understand. They forbid a balloon, but they throw their own garbage into the environment. So I think in Europe, we have to decide that nothing is, should end in the environment. Mm -hmm. And also the other countries, but let, let us keep it at the European Union. I don't know if you will stay with us with the uh, after. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope too. Uh, yeah, that's but another think, discussion. We, we could do a podcast about that. Huh? <laughs> I think in Europe we have a bigger uh, uh, responsibility than only forbidding a few uh, products. And at the first from the 10 products, also ladies' hygiene was also under discussion. Eh? So they, uh, our politicians want the ladies in the Europe back to the, the Middle Ages. That's also single-use plastics. So it's more than a balloon or a stock or a uh, disposable. So, and you cannot solve it with saying it three, four, five products we are going to forbid and then, okay, we save the world because we are not going to save the world in the way we run our, our countries now. So how are we going to save the world? Collect, uh, separate, techniques are going. I read an article from somebody who is a professor at the University of Amsterdam and he said, okay, you can better burn the, the plastic then throw it in the environment. <clears throat> and I agree on that. You should recycle. But what we do now, we heat with fossil energy. Mm -hmm. And plastics are made from fossil, from fossil uh, resources. Then we make a plastics. And then we are not able, they don't let us burn that. But the 
energy in plastic is exactly the same than in oil or gas. So why don't you use the heat for thermal recycling that you bring in everything and say, okay, every percentage that I use on plastics, I don't have to use it for fossil energy. Till, of course, we have uh, sun energy, wind energy, uh, but 96% of all the fossil energy, of, of uh, fossil uh, resources is energy. Only 2% goes in packaging. And we well, are we not, it. not allowed to use the caloric, caloric value of the, uh, the, the plastic. And if you would use it as heating, but also in the third world, that you say, don't throw it in the environment. Here you have a heating, use it to heat your, or uh, make electricity from it. And that is something that but the, they, they, they don't want to discuss about that. Yeah, but looking at a long-term uh, solution, is that, is that... It's only 2% of the world energy eh, is packaging. And we all concentrate, so I think 50% we cannot even recycle because technical it has no value or it has a value. But the environmental uh, impact is bigger than the advantage. But if, if you can't recycle like 50% of the plastic... No, let's, let's say 50%. But but but, but okay, you, just uh, ta- we take that as a number, 50%. Yeah. If you can't recycle 50%, and yeah. then there's coming more and more and more plastics in in the uh, in the world, right? Yeah. Then that never stops. So no, and that's that and that's why that one percent you can use as energy. Then it will not end in the environment, and otherwise the one percent what you use now for energy. Uh, you, you use now for fossil for fossil applications. So every percentage from you use from uh, packaging, you don't have to use it as the uh, the, the fossil energy. Yeah, you're still with me. Yeah, no? uh-huh. a, a kind of, but uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm it not is, the chur- what, what do you think of it, Sean? Uh, I think it's 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 it's, uh, it's probably a short short term solution. Uh, it's it's certainly not a long term solution because uh, uh, fossil fuels uh, are not finite. We don't have an endless supply of them. So. And in 250, yeah, but, it's like uh, yeah, yeah, but, we should be yeah, but it's very without, simple. right? Now, now we make plastics from uh, the, the, the fossil energy, but we make it already from starch, from sugarcane. Uh, we all already produce film from sewage sludge. So you go to the toilet and we can use that and we can make plastics from that. So there are a lot of sources to make plastics. So if you make from sewage sludge, you make a plastic and that plastic you use to burn it for energy. What's wrong with that? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, there's, uh, that's, there's some good, great solutions. But I, I, I like to look at what's happening right now with horticultural plastic. I know your, uh, your agenda is, is probably a little bit bigger than mine. Um, but I, 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 looking at what's what's happening now, and it's good that you, you're you're lobbying the uh, uh, the governments and everything. And I agree that we do need a longer term solution. Uh, but we also have to tackle things right now because it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, you wouldn't believe the amount of tons no. that are uh, just uh, I, just I, in in the world. <laughs> I, I agree on that. But I started. I'm a horticultural engineer. I started in 1902 with the development of biodegradable plastics. Nobody ever heard about biodegradable. I did my master's degree on uh, circular economy, closing the loop in 1996. So I did my master's at Henley, Brunel University, and my, my study was on circular economy. So I'm busy almost 30 years with biobased economy and circular economy. Our products go all over the world for mulch film. So after the crop, you put it into the soil and it will degradate. So for horticulture, you have to, we have the solutions. But it's not only horticulture, there's a whole world of plastics. And you cannot take 
only your, your product out of it. You have to see that in the total concept and you have to solve it with all the products that are made of plastics or other materials. Yeah, <coughs> but they have to find them first. If they are there. Yeah, the, the technique the, is there. Yeah, they but they don't do it. So uh, And biodegradable is not uh, a solution for all horticultural products, right? Yeah, or what, what do you think of that? I think there's a, a, another long-term solution, which is... a. Uh, Chemical process that breaks feedstock recycling. Yeah, that that breaks the plastic back down to uh, to its its elements, and you can just recreate plastic from it. Uh, and that's uh, they're developing that now. They're, they're trying it out. I think there's uh, there's one in the UK. Um, so you can take basically all plastic waste and bring it back down, uh, and then you can create the same plastic again. And it's a clean plastic. It's virgin plastic. Um, so back to the same question I asked to you. And what what. Uh, what is the solution, you think? How can we save the world? How will the future look like? <laughs> um, well, we're going to have to have some drastic changes. I mean, if, if, we're, if we're looking at carbon footprints, uh, probably plastic is, uh, is probably not the, the first thing that we should look at, but there's, there's lots of other things where we can uh, change uh, and help save, uh, reduce the carbon footprint. But we have to deal with what we can deal with we can't always uh, do such big things to save the world. So I know as a company, we can change our materials, we can be flexible with what we use to, to give it a more of a chance of being recycled. And that's what we do. Uh, and we've also looked at alternatives, alternative materials because we don't always know. In Europe, uh, we're pretty good at collecting the, the waste, uh, although it's not perfect. We're still really good at it compared to other I countries, agree. but we send uh, plants out from from uh, from the Netherlands all over the world. And we really don't know what happens to the plastic there, so we've created alternatives to plastics. So we've created a, a molded uh, cardboard waste tray, and then at least we know um, something will happen to it. Uh, whether it can be burnt, it can be recycled, or if it gets into the natural environment, it will just uh, disappear. Okay. And will that be the future solutions, you think? I don't think there's one uh, one particular solution that, that uh, will solve everything. I think we'll have to have a, a different combinations of, of, of solutions um, because it's such a, a big issue and complicated issue that uh, we can't just all change to one type of polymer and then uh, we can have a secular economy working on that one one type of polymer. Yeah. Uh, it's, just, it's just impossible. But uh, if we... If we look at um, our own products and where they end up, uh, then we can choose the, the, the right materials uh, for each each individual situation. Uh, to my opinion, the solution is very simple because all the solutions take many, many, many years. But I'm a very simple CEO, but I always say, where you don't cause problems, you don't have to solve them. So if we take care that it does not end in the environment anymore, then you also have time If you have a plastic, you can recycle it now, but maybe in two or three years you can stock it and you're recycled or feedstock recycling or thermical recycling or whatever. But what we are still doing, and I think uh, everybody jumped on Greece because they did not have the finance uh, very correct. Okay, it's not good, but I've seen in Greece that they had with bulldozers, they have the collection and you just put it into the Mediterranean. And then you are sure that you get uh, waste in the ocean that is going to float. Nobody's telling to those countries you should not throw it into the in the sea. So, to my opinion, stop uh, putting it in, into the uh, environment and 
punish the people who do it. And if me as a uh, 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 here in Holland or you in the UK, when you throw something into the environment, you have to pay a real amount of money that you only do it once. And also the governments should be punished when they throw it into the environment. But there are a lot of countries in Europe <coughs> they just throw it in the environment or in the sea. And then we are discussing to forbid one or three products. So if you don't cause a problem, you don't have to solve it. Yeah, it's, uh, it is a bit crazy that we've uh, banned certain certain products that are uh, yeah, but... tiny uh, tiny items in in the environment. And I, but I don't think that um, individuals are causing so much uh, trouble for the world uh, if you throw something out of your pocket into the uh, uh, in, into the ocean. I don't think that's the big problem. It's wrong. They shouldn't do it. But uh, I think, uh, like Johan says, the the governments need to. To uh, to do something, but that, that it does include uh, the UK and the Netherlands and Germany. Every country, we ship yeah. everything. We ship a lot of it out into other countries, um, and maybe not so much now with the uh, uh, home side recycling products. Mm -hmm. But uh, industrial waste that gets shipped out because uh, the authorities don't have so you much. Ship control, out to Asia and they uh, yeah. have yeah. to deal with it, right? Yeah. I, well, agree, and I agree that's completely wrong. And I am happy that those countries closing the, uh, the borders now yeah, because well. that's not yeah, sustainable. Yeah, it's not a Absolute solution. Yeah, it's, not it's, it's crazy, yeah? Mm -hmm. So there are different types of plastics, right? Mm -hmm. And isn't it also part of the problem that the consumer doesn't know, but when it's not sorted well, then it's also not recyclable? It's so there's also a big problem there. That is one of the uh, main problems because we have many kinds of packaging, but also paper with plastic, paper with uh, aluminium, but uh, a, a plastic that looks like a paper, etc. And the problem is indeed that the consumer does not know is this paper, is this plastic, what kind of plastics that makes it extremely difficult. One of the reasons, and we developed biodegradables in '92. And we never started with biodegradable in packaging because you don't see the, the difference. So if you want to do it in the, the bag for degradation, they say, okay, we don't take it because there is plastic in the air uh, and we don't take it. And if you put it in the collection system for uh, plastic recycling, then it's damaged the recycling. So that is one of the main problems that makes it f extremely difficult. And yeah, that's for the consumer, plastic is just plastic. Yeah, and that's true. And yeah, uh, I, I, I think I'm quite a specialist, but I sometimes have to look, is this paper, is yeah. this coated, is this a uh, high density, is this a all kind of plastic, that's real. Make yeah, I, I think, um, I, I don't think we can rely on a consumer to make that decision. I think the, de the decision needs to be uh, taken away from the cons consumer. The consumer. To, to whom? Um, to the systems, to the recycling systems. The, the technology is there to sort out the material. Um, but then it comes down to finances. Uh, they, they, they look for what they can sell at the highest price. Um, but the, the consumer shouldn't uh, look at the bottom. Uh, at the bottom of most plastic packaging, there's uh, the, the, uh, the polymer number. But then actually it's price that causes the environmental pollution. It's all down to price. I've got actually one last question. We're going to the end, guys. I'm looking at time and it's time to end almost. But actually, I would like to have a last word or advice to the growers because uh, they're probably growers listening and I can imagine there's so much information for them and so much different parts and options and uh, actually a changing demand from retailers, changing demands from con of consumers. What's your advice? How, sh how can they respond to that? What's the best way to respond to that or to act? 
for them? I think uh, we must have the guts just to tell that we are doing the best thing that we can do. And now we are finding alternatives that there are no alternatives. If you grow on the, uh, in horticulture on films, on substrate, then you can't do, have a better way to, to run that. And the grower has to look the best way is a carbon footprint. He's uh, using fertilizers, he's using energy. So that whole concept must be correct. It's not only the film, it's everything in his glass house or in his, in his growth. So he has to look to everything. And uh, also the, the, the big stores yeah, demand a lot of things, but they will not pay one cent more. And if we lose it on carbon footprint or we lose it because we have the raw materials, the sources from fertilizers will be a problem in a few years because in a few years we have 10 billion people to feed. So we cannot let it happen that we lose a lot of sources, resources. And also the grower has been very keen on that. So he just has to do what the best. And I had a discussion yesterday with a very big grower and he said... Uh, I do it my way, I do it the same way, I think that the best way is, and when somebody can tell me that I have to do it in a better way, I will listen. But there are no better ways. You cannot grow uh, uh, tomatoes on paper, or on glass, or on metal. Thank you. Sean? And uh, Yeah, okay, well, if I look very specifically at uh, our three main products, uh, plant pots, bedding packs, and transport trays, uh, I would advise the, the growers to uh, to see what they what they're using. Make sure they they understand the materials that are that these products are made out of, and then listen to uh, their customers to see what they're they're asking for. Um, and if they're certainly if they're selling into the UK, uh, they need to consider uh, if they're using black plant pots that maybe they need to change the color. It's simple but uh, it will increase the recyclability because uh, the recycling systems are not looking for black. Um, bedding packs, uh, it's even more specific. Uh, it's not perfect, but we, we, if we change from black PS to a transparent green PET, uh, and I won't go into the technical details about why, but it, it's, again, it increases the recyclability. Uh, and then transport trays, um, if they're going to uh, responsible retailers uh, in uh, around Europe, um, we don't actually need to change because they should be recycling them. However, I know that I know they don't get recycled. I know that they get uh, bailed up and sent to other countries. So then we we can also look at alternatives. And if we know that uh, the plants are going to countries where they don't have such responsibility uh, with the waste, uh, then we also have to look at uh, plastic alternatives as well. Thank you. I feel kind of the the joint message like uh, reuse, reduce, recycle, renew. Is that Re correct? Redesign, rethink. Redesign, rethink. Yes, the six re's. <laughs> rethink, reuse, reduce, recycle, renew, and redevelop. Well, let's end with that. Thank you for joining this conversation. Thank you. Uh, the next Green Tech will be... Uh, 8 till 10 June next year, 2020. It starts on a Monday till Wednesday. So I hope uh, I will see you there and we can, uh, I hope there will be nice new developments in this, in this discussion. Thank you.